0: Welcome to Fat Pile Friday. I hesitate to start with sad news, but for those of you planning on going to Heidi Klum's Halloween party, eesh, sorry, it's uh, been canceled again. I know. Now she, you know, said that she just wouldn't feel right again to have a Halloween party with the way things are in the world right now, with everything happening in the world right now. I feel like it's too early for me to feel okay having a party. So I will not do that this year again. Like last year, (laughs) I feel it's insensitive of me to do that. I don't want anyone to get hurt because we're having fun on my dime. So I don't want to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi Klum, for canceling your for cl- canceling your Halloween bash this year. I love her costumes. In the past, she's <laughs> she's done uh, Princess uh, Fiona from Shrek, uh, from Shrek, Jessica Rabbit, Betty Boop, Lady Godiva, Cleopatra. Uh, she last time she transformed her uh, human body into the alien hybrid, the humanoid alien hybrid. And uh, she's uh, a butterfly and an ape. It's been really great. It is, it is a fun party. Not that I've ever been invited. But you may have. And I'm sorry to break it to you today that, just like last year, this year has been canceled again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to have to tell you. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> yeah. Fat, Fat Pile Friday. Welcome to it. I know with the rising prices, uh, everything from meat to to used cars, giving everybody a, uh, well, a second thought on what they should spend their money on. And so there's a list of the cheapest states to live in. The cheapest states to live in. And on top of that, I saw a list of, before I get to the cheapest states to live in, I saw a list of, the price increases. Some people call it inflation. (laughs) I just call it price increases. (laughs) And uh, it's incredible, the percentage that things have gone up. According to this tweet from Heather Long, uh, car rentals, 87.7% year-to-year change, used cars, 45.2%, gas, 45.1%, laundry machines, 29.4%, Airfare, 24.6%, moving, 17.3%, hotels, 16.9%, furniture, 8.6%, bacon, this ticks me off, 8.4%, TVs, 7.6%, fruit, 7.3%, shoes, 6.5%, fresh fish, 6.4%, new cars, 5.3%, milk, 5.6%, and rent, 2.3%. 2.3%. And TVs, I see where some TVs you can still get a pretty good price. I mean, you can go into uh, Walmart or a Sam's Club and get a pretty good TV for a decent price. And if you wanted to upgrade a little bit, I think I saw an ad somewhere for a, an 82-inch TV, which I am close to getting, uh, is like 1200 bucks. I don't have the 1200 bucks, but I would love the 82-inch television screen up above the mantel, so I may start putting a couple of bucks aside just to get that 82-incher. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with the, I don't know what the biggest one we have in the house is now. I think it's a 50-inch or something like that, but an 82-inch I am in love with. I'll tell you that right now. So anyway, if you uh, realize about the price increases of items, <laughs> a lot of people call that inflation. <laughs> Silly. It's just prices. <laughs> uh, so if you're thinking about, hey, wait, maybe where, where should I move? Maybe I can move somewhere that's, uh, you know, cheaper to live. Well, CNBC has put together a list of the cheapest states to live in. Okay. All right, let's see. What the this is the annual America's Top States for Business Study, and it scores states based on the index of prices for basic items. Number 10, Indiana. Wow. Okay. Indiana. Wow. Uh, we'll see. Half gallon of milk, $1.39. <laughs> uh Tide. Tied, uh, for eight and nine. Tennessee, Tennessee. How much is milk? One ninety two for a half gallon of milk. Georgia is tied with uh, with Tennessee. How much is milk? And one ninety nine. Ooh yeah. Plus Georgia's going through a little bit of a struggle these days. New Mexico coming in at number seven with uh, two dollars and ten cents for a half gallon of milk. Alabama number six with $1.80 for a half gallon of milk. Number 5, the great state of Missouri. M I Z Z O U. Half gallon of milk $1.87. I do love the state of Missouri. It's beautiful and you know I spent uh spent quite a bit of time there, especially in Columbia with the University of Missouri when my son went there. It's really really pretty. Number 4, Arkansas. Now there's a state that's actually prettier than you think you go to Arkansas, you think Arkansas, oh man, Arkansas, but you get there and you go, wow, this is really pretty 178 for a half gallon of milk plus Arkansas. I just want to say that's where they have the, uh, the diamond mine that they, uh, you know, claim people find diamonds, but that's just another story. Number three, the state that is just above the great state of Texas, where I'm living right now, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is another state that I was kind of raised to not like, especially when my son went to Missouri. I mean, ooh, you do not like Oklahoma when, you, uh, when you're rooting for Missouri. But uh, you go, there's another state you go to and you go, wow, Oklahoma isn't that bad of a state. $2.14 for a half gallon of milk. Uh, then we get to Kansas Oof, I don't know that I can live in Kansas either. Being a part of the Missouri tribe, I don't know that you could live in Kansas. But it's number two. Uh, at one, They get $2.48 for a half gallon of milk. And the number one state, another state that I went to and I thought, wow, this state is a lot prettier and better than I thought it was. Mississippi. Am I crooked letter, crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, humpback, humpback, I. Mississippi, half gallon of milk. coming at that the number one state in the list of the cheapest states to live in. So there you have it. There's 10 states that you could move to if you're concerned about living a cheaper life. All right, I want to talk a little bit about food since, uh, you know, it plays an important role in my life and yours, by the way. And I know I don't want to call food exotic, I mean it's okay that uh, you know if you call something exotic <laughs> I know that it's rooted in white dominance, colonialism and reinforces xenophobia and racism. I get that. But I was reading a couple stories about uh, food. I know that comes as a surprise. We'll when uh, we're going to get to those stories now. So, uh this story go- talks about food waste and how the expiration dates are, you know, disastrous. Really? The food, the lie of expired food is disastrous? Yes. Okay, I get that. So there was a study that found that 25% of fresh water in the U.S. goes toward producing food that goes uneaten. And 21% of input to our landfills is food. Wow. Wow. So that represents uh, like a 50% increase since 1974. So landfills apparently are piled high with all this food that's thrown away. And I guess it should be, you know, perfectly fine to eat. (laughs) Okay. And I know that we're saying that all, you know, there's millions of people living with food insecurity and hunger. I get it. But they don't need to be eating bad food. Right, So I don't know what this person is trying to say. Uh, You go through your refrigerator. You look at the labels. If they're out of date, you throw it away. So, okay. I guess that we have a food waste problem. And maybe that translates into maybe we should just actually eat the food that we purchase. Right? So I guess what this researcher is trying to tell me that the expiration dates rarely correspond to food actually expiring or spoiling. I'll give you that. And there are times when you have something in your refrigerator, it's fine, don't worry about it. But there are other times when you just kinda wanna go, ooh, yeah, no, uh, how uh, how about no, we're not gonna do that. Well, then I read about this app called Too Good To Go. All right, it was born in Denmark, went to France, the United Kingdom, Spain, Germany, the Netherlands. And what it does is it gets restaurants to participate and they take all the leftover food that they have and they put it in a bag and you purchase it from their app. It's called Too Good To Go. Okay. So I guess, you know, again, according to this story, 40% of our food gets thrown away in this country. And that's not talking about the food in our refrigerator that's outdated. We're talking about restaurants, right? So according to this 2014 study by a Food Waste Reduction Alliance, they found that 84.3% of unused food in American restaurants ends up being disposed of. And only 1.4% is donated. Well, I thought we were told that we weren't supposed to, you know, give it away to homeless people or anything like that because it had to be okayed. Well, okay. So now the Too Good To Go app, uh, you get on the app and you get, uh, you pay $4.99 for a bag. And the bag is supposed to have a value of at least $15. If you pay five ninety nine dollars a bag, the value should be $18, $18. And each bag uh, has, you know, leftover food in it. Now, according to this person who was using the Too Good to Go app, uh, found that you usually got more than $18 worth, right? So, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, I kind of I kind of like that, although it's a mismatch, and you don't know what you're gonna get, right? Uh, this person talked about uh, she ended up um, getting a bag from uh, Dim Sum, the house of Dim Sum, and she got a giant to-go container of egg rolls, shrimp dumplings, potstickers, and so she had enough for two dinners for her, her and her husband for five ninety nine that's not bad. That's pretty good. And she went to all these different restaurants with Too Good To Go and talks about the food that she got in the bags from Too Good To Go. Now, right now, uh, we're looking at uh, it being available in San Francisco, New York, Boston, uh, Jersey City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Portland, Seattle, and the goal is obviously keeping more restaurants across the platform and keeping them happy and letting people realize that hey, if I go to uh, if I go to the app and I see a restaurant that I like and they have a $499 or 599 bag of food that is uh, left over from their restaurant, I'll get it and I go and pick it up and then I'm good. And it's you know whatever. I like the restaurant, so whatever's in the re- whatever's in the bag, I'm generally going to like hmm. that's interesting. Now for me, I uh, not really. <laughs> I like to know what I'm getting. You tell me what's in the bag and then I'll tell you whether you're getting the you're getting my five bucks. but it's not a bad idea if you're in these big cities and you always are going out to eat, you're living in an apartment. that's a really good deal. I will say that it kind of works against the restaurants. I know the restaurants think that you know, it brings people to them. Um, I know that they're talking about uh, seeing how, you know, if they have 10 leftover bagels at the end of the day, right? So they realize, oh ah, well, I'll sell those. Well, how about you, st- they don't want to start making 10 less bagels because they may sell them, right? And also it brings to the point, if I like Bill's bagels, And I go to Bill's Bagels every day. And I know that Bill's Bagels is on the (laughs) Too Good to Go app. And I purchase bagels from there. I stop buying them at regular price. And I know this from actual, you know, work in the real world. When I first started working at Winn-Dixie as a produce manager... The store that I worked at, the produce manager was losing money for the store and the produce rack was terrible. And so, you know, I took it over and they wanted me to get this thing up and running and make a, you know, a decent produce department, which I did, by the way. But the first thing I did was stop selling the Markdown stuff. Every day he would roll out four to six racks of produce marked down that was going bad and so all the people in the neighborhood weren't looking at the fresh produce out on the rack they were coming back to the back to the back of the store and buying the 2 or 3 day old produce at a cheaper price so the first thing i did and that's what that's a little bit different than too good to go but it's kind of the same thing if i'm like a restaurant and they're part of too good to go i'm go i'm using that instead of going there for a regular price. And so I stopped marking down the produce for the first couple of months. People would come back and say, you got anything marked down? No, I just threw it away. Oh my gosh, I added to the destruction of food and the landfills, but I just threw it away because I'd rather have you buy the fresh produce. I want to get people in the, in the mood of buying a full price for the produce, not the markdown stuff. Then... Uh, After you get people used to purchasing the product, then you can put Markdown products out for sale because they're looking at that as a bonus, not as the everyday purchase. And so I just kind of feel like this may work against the restaurants at some point, but it's a good idea, I guess. Too good to go. And with the plenty of restaurants in the major cities, it probably will work out okay and I don't know i don't think you have to sign any kind of too good to go contract where you have to come up with a certain amount of product every day if you're part of the too good to go app that's an interesting an interesting thought right there so i guess not i i just went to the too good to go website and it talks about bakeries and grocery stores restaurants no hassle no commitment no labeling no sorting adjust quantities anytime. time and so you just have to make sure that you're following their rules so if the bag is 4.99 or 5.99 it has to have so what was it 15 or uh, 18 dollars worth of merchandise in that bag so there you go if you live in those cities and you can take a look at the new app of too good to go I don't see that really working well but what do I know what do I know and they take a big cut according to according to this story the company takes $1.79 per purchase which is about 35% for a $4.99 bag but you know I guess if you were going to throw it away and you were going to get zero revenue I guess it works out. You get something for the food you were going to throw away. I just don't see in the long run how that wins for you. But, you know, again, what do I know? All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink and not left over. But maybe that's a deal right there, too, is that when you go into the restaurant, you're going to need something to drink, right? So you get the bag for four ninety nine, and you buy a a brand new drink, so you're getting a, giving a little bit of fresh money to the restaurant. I I don't know. It's called the Too Good to Go app. If you think it's a good idea and it's available where you're at, go ahead and use it. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. You're getting the okay from chewing the fat. All right, break room. <laughs> All right, let's see. Twitter, uh, their fleets feature is going to be going away on August 3rd. You know, the Instagram story-esque feature that allowed users to post content that would disappear in 24 hours. Yeah. And they started that eight months ago and it it just wasn't popular. Really? Hmm. Well, in the time since we introduced fleets, we haven't seen an increase in the number of new people joining the conversation with fleets like we hoped. So I guess copying the old Snapchat, Instagram platform didn't really work, did it? No, no, it didn't. So they've got some new product releases coming out, I guess, uh, that's going to cause, uh, the spaces and, uh, that actually, I, I was part of a, an event last night with the Twitter spaces And it was actually not bad. I was thinking about holding, doing an event there uh, on Spaces. So just keep your eye out at JeffyJFR if you follow me on Twitter. There's just so many things that (laughs) you can do things on. You've got the Spaces, you've got Instagram, the Reels, and the Instagram Live, uh, YouTube, YouTube Live, now I've got spaces and Twitter and I just, you know, I don't know. And Facebook, oh my gosh, you got Facebook live and Facebook. I mean, there's just so much uh, content and TikTok. I'm not even part of TikTok really. I mean, I've tried to keep TikTok, you know, out of my life, but it now has become the first non-Facebook app to hit 3 billion downloads globally. Wow. It's the most downloaded and highest grossing non-game app in the world right now. All right. Good deal. Exciting. Remember when we talked, uh, I don't know if it was this way, Everything's get all muddled up into what we talked about uh, during, the, during the shows. But we talked about Netflix um, struggling with uh, what they could do to up their game. And I see now where they plan to add video games as an incentive for subscribers. Hmm. I'm not sure how that would work, but it's said that it had hired Oculus EA Zengavet Mike Verdu as VP of game development. So, okay. Let's see if that works. I also saw a story. Speaking of Netflix. Where they just fired three of the people in their uh, marketing executives, in their marketing department, because they were, I don't know, complaining on Slack about the management. I know they were complaining about the management on Slack instead of, according to Netflix, to their faces. According to this story, Netflix, uh, you know, prides themselves on what they call radical transparency. And you only say things about fellow employees that you say to their face. I kind of like that, but you know, everybody's got their little grumbles and gripes that you might say off and on, but don't do it on Slack or any social media. Cause that's not going to keep your job at Netflix. So I guess they were critical of the leadership and uh, the big bosses said uh, get rid of them that's not the way we do things around here their direct boss in this story original films marketing jonathan heldfoot said that uh, he wanted to you know slap him on the hands and did not warrant the dire consequence of firing them but sources higher up were like yeah it does they're they're pissing and moaning on slack and they're going behind everybody's back if you can't say it to their face then we don't want them here so if you want to work for Netflix don't complain in private and I don't know if they're complaining over at NBC but I see where they cancelled their latest would be law and order the uh, law and order for the defense yeah So, I don't know what to tell you, but it's gone. And it hasn't even started. I like the new Law & Order with Christopher Maloney. Law & Order Organized Crime. (coughs) Now, they didn't say why it was being canceled. They are just uh, saying that we're continuing to develop another new entry in the franchise. Oh. Okay. I know that uh since the BLM riots the franchise has taken uh, you know the anti law enforcement stance. I know uh SVU opened up with its uh iced tea speaking about uh blacks can't trust the police and organized crime, the one that uh is the new one with Christopher Maloney, I know that they uh you know they had uh how some New York police officers were killing black men who were you know innocent, but we'll see. I mean, I know that uh, HBO canceled Love Lovecraft Country. I know these are some of the woke shows that are out there. Uh, All Rise got the, is getting the axe. Good Girls getting the axe. Sitcom hashtag Black AF on Netflix getting the axe. Uh, the you know after look the Academy Awards. Uh, low ratings this year. So, you know, they didn't like everybody, you know, patting them on the back. The Bachelorette has seen its ratings tank. And now they're blaming that on Chris Harrison, which I said would happen actually uh, here on Chewing the Fat. But yes, it's because of Chris Harrison, but it's also the reason that they got rid of Chris Harrison. It's just a, a nightmare that should not have happened. And because of the woke crowd... Uh, he got the axe and that's uh you know it was a huge mistake they're finding that out now and uh how woke is major league baseball huh how's that going for you MLB you just had your uh, all-star game how did that go for you i was just wondering cuz i haven't seen any of the big stories about how the major league baseball and their all-star game had these great ratings And everything is so good. Oh, wait. They had their worst ratings ever? Oh, I'm sorry. No, not ever. They uh, were up 1% from the record low of 2019 game. (laughs) Okay. So they had 8.24 million people that tuned in, which made it the second least watched All-Star game in history. So how's that woke thing going for everybody? I just wondered how it's going for everybody. You know, I know that everything is, uh, seems to be racist. You know, we talked about Rachel Nichols for ESPN who got in trouble because she was commenting on, uh, another coworker who is black saying that if you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy long-time record on diversity, which, by the way, I myself know personally, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. (laughs) So she was more pissed that it was uh, another female and somebody trying to push her off the court instead of it wasn't racist. They tried to make it into something racist. And then I got a voicemail on the Chewing the Fat hotline one two one four seven three five nine three five six is the Chewing the Fat Hotline, two one four seven three five nine three five six who reminded me Hey Jeffy, I heard you say something on Thursday's podcast about uh you were talking about Rachel Nichols and you said what was racist and then you finished it off with uh, talking about her comments but I just wanted to remind you that everything is racist. Every thought you had is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. One supremacist extreme. That is all. And so I was reminded of that on the Chewing the Fat Hotline. (laughs) ¶¶ It is Fat Pile Friday, and we've got a ton of headlines to get through for you to uh, get you headed into the weekend. For those of you listening live, it is the 16th of July, 2021, and uh, I see where Chicago is now promoting uh, good stuff. They're talking about a diverse workforce, and I got me thinking, what? Well, I guess cities are now uh, promoting, instead of promoting giving you cash, and tax incentives you know like we talked to Andrew Heaton earlier this weekend uh Tulsa Oklahoma is paying him money to live there and so cities have decided hey we're not going to pay you money but we're going to promote our you know our good stuff that makes you want to live here for real not that silly hey we'll give you cash stuff don't be stupid Morgantown, West Virginia, you know, home of a university town, promises outdoor activities galore. Savannah, Georgia, historic charm. Indianapolis is proud of its small town feel. Oh, that's so nice. I mean, they advertise their title dreams and their title teams and their pro sports championships just to keep that city on the radar of people who might want to live here. And that's special. Isn't that special? I wish someone would have thought about that. I don't know. It's been going on forever, but I guess it's in the news now. Jeff Bezos headed up to space next week. Can't wait for that. And he is uh, donating $200 million to the Smithsonian. That's awful nice. Um, It's uh, the largest donation in the institution's history since the founding gift from James Smithsonian at 1846 so in 1846 so i don't know if it's going to become the bezos smithsonian or the smithsonian bezos bezos smithsonian sounds better 70 million of that is going to go to renovating the national air and space museum so he's got to move his rocket in there absolutely and 130 million is going to launch a new education center there. Oh, that's so special, Jeff. Now, I noticed he did that before he went up into space, so hope everything comes out okay. I hope he didn't have any premonitions. We have a new Obama book coming out. Now, how excited are you? I know. His best-selling memoir of his childhood and young adult years, Dreams from My Father. This, uh, the young adult edition, now includes a family tree. Oh, man. Can I not wait for that? If you're This is uh, Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, uh, writes, uh, if you're lucky, life provides you with a good long arc. I hope that my story will encourage you to think about telling your story and to value the stories of others around you. That is so special. I mean that. With every ounce of special in me and did you realize this think of this uh we opened you know we talked a little bit earlier about twitter and getting rid of a few things and what they're adding and that kind of thing but you know we've been tweeting for 15 years now 15 years we've been tweeting and i was looking at this uh article on uh twitter when it first launched way back way back way 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 back in 2006 when I uh, remember jack dorsey tweeted uh, just setting up my twitter t-w-t-t-r but the article says a decade plus into the information age are you suddenly feeling like email works a bit too slowly to satisfy your needs That blogs are looking a little formal, stodgy, and now that you mention it, downright old media-esque. And your MySpace page, complete with pictures of your favorite TV shows, audio of that song you can't get out of your head, and the photos of a friend snapped of you moments after that ill-advised ninth tequila shot last weekend. Is even this page feeling somehow impersonal and remote? Fret not. The web's early promises of absolute connectedness to the greater universe were not idle threats. A new generation of websites is bringing us ever closer to the electronic demolition of the I-Though paradox. The folks at Twitter.com have built their site around the question, What are you doing? The service aims to close the real-time gap between you and your friends when you are not emailing, instant or text messaging one another by letting you send your nearest and dearest up-to-the-minute updates on everything you think and do. Huh? That's pretty, pretty strange from the LA Times. Pretty strange. Although you think, yeah, well, that certainly is true. And to think that, you know, we're still blogging and we're still doing everything, MySpace turned into Facebook. And we still have all of that, but what are you doing has turned into, we want to know what you're doing, but if we don't like what you're doing, we're going to cancel you. And we're not going to let people be able to have you read what you're doing instead of, we just want to know what you're doing and it doesn't matter what you're doing. Well, we, it does matter. Gosh, darn it. It's been 15 years and it does matter what you're doing. So unless you're doing something we approve of, or the government approves of, <laughs> oh, then we're just gonna go ahead and flag you and get rid of you on the on the platform. That's it, though. I did mention you could follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, right? Or Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. Yeah, I did. Did I mention that before? I don't remember if I did or not. You can you can email me too uh chewing the fat at theblaze.com if you want to you know if you have some information or questions or comments about the show or any darn thing else okay so we care here at chewing the fat and we we like twitter <laughs> want to know what are you doing if you're thinking about having some kind of sexual relationship with answering that question I know that if you live in New York, they just updated its advisory, its coronavirus pandemic advice on sexual practices. Uh, They updated this advisory, and they want you to wear face coverings. They, uh, you know, maybe it's your thing, uh, maybe it's not, but during COVID-19 wearing a face covering that covers your nose and mouth, good way to add a layer of protection. Uh, Heavy breathing and panting can spread the virus. And if your partner has COVID-19 and you don't know it, maybe they can help stop the spread. Uh, Maybe you can make it a little, in their word, kinky. Uh, They be creative with positions and physical barriers like walls, allow contact uh, while preventing close face-to-face contact. So I guess they want you to cut a hole in the wall. Isn't that called... Something glory, something glory. I can't remember what that is. And for those of you who like to hook up with people or, <laughs> that you meet online, <laughs> the city says, hey, maybe you should, you know, keep it in a virtual space. Video dates, sexting. Oh, okay. Um, I guess subscription-based platforms allow you to do that. Really? I hadn't heard about that. Or you could have sexy Zoom parties. Oh, yeah. Hey, that'd be fun. And listen, if you're one of those group people, (laughs) you should, you know, maybe try to avoid it really, but you could pick larger, more open and well-ventilated spaces if you, you know, wanted to go along for the ride. That's just some of the updates in the New York guide. I see where (laughs) speaking of New York, I see where they have an open air prostitution market uh, going on. Yeah, I know in Brooklyn, I guess the police just don't show up. Well, we have, we have kind of uh, defunded the police department and just, you know, made them realize that they're not important to us anymore. Not really. I know we say that whole back the blue thing, but (laughs) no, Not really. So I guess in East Brooklyn, uh, they have a couple of areas that uh, are just nothing but sex workers that come out and greet you. That's so nice. It's right there. It's wide open. They come out, you drive up, and they just come up to the windows and say, hey, how you doing? What What can I do for you? Here's how much it costs. Let me hop in. So that's kinda nice, don't you think? Now they claim that this could have something all these women could be, you know, part of a sex trafficking police. Stop. That's not possible. These women are hardworking women out to make a living and feeding their family. Right? Right. Never mind, even if you wanted the police to arrest them, so what? The district attorney has moved away from prosecuting prostitution cases. They've even vacated some 262 warrants stemming from prostitution cases back in 2012. And they're getting rid of the walking wild trans law. Uh, they're barring law enforcement from arresting individuals who appear to be loitering for the purpose of prostitution. So don't you even worry about that. Okay. Yeah, and the district attorney has also asked a judge to dismiss another 857 open cases from 1970 to 2011. So they're just tossing them out. So prostitution is up and running in New York. And don't you worry about it, because these people are just out to make a good living and keep their families fed okay. (laughs) man i don't want to hear about sex trafficking and pimps and violence against women no i won't hear of it. there's still time for the olympics to be canceled i don't think that they're going to although I kind, I think I predicted that it would, but, uh, I may have to go back. I'm not going back on my prediction. If I predicted that, then that's what I predicted. But I feel like we're getting close now where they're not going to, but they really want to. I mean, the Japanese people, man, do not want this to happen. They've locked down again. Uh, they're pissed. The IOC leader called them Chinese people instead of Japanese It was an. I was. I want to say it was an oddest mistake. And in the translation, they didn't even put it in because he said uh, the Chinese, and then he immediately went to Japanese. He knew he messed up, but still, he did mess up. But the good news is with the Olympics is that the medals are not going to be given around the neck. (laughs) I mean, right? If you win, you don't want one of the olympic people to hang it around your neck up there on the podium no because huh, your health and safety comes first so they're going to be presented to the athlete on a tray and then the athlete will take the medal for him or herself okay so the winners are going to place the medals on themselves to preserve the contactless experience so that's good. Right? Right. I still think it's going to be canceled. I think we're going to have a country come in and test positive, and they're going to shut it down. And there's NBC's going to... <laughs> they're going to be wishing they'd okayed that Law & Order episode because they're going to have nothing to air. Yeah, There's going to be... Uh, this is where we were going to air uh, the Olympics from 2021. It's actually the 2020 Olympics that was postponed until 2021. What we're doing now is we're going to show you um, wait back these. Are, this is footage from the 1970s, and when we were in the Olympics. Here you go. Let's just go back to the 70s Olympics, okay? I'm telling you, it still could get canceled. And then we've got. I mean, <sighs> you know, there's our our Athletes, they better perform. And I don't wanna I don't wanna hear the down on the knee, I don't wanna hear the wokeness. Just perform and win. Okay, that's all I care about. Just perform and win. And especially you, Olympic basketball team that's losing your preliminary games. Yeah. Getting beat by Nigeria and Australia. What is happening? Stop it. Get your head out of your rear end and start freaking playing basketball the game that was created here okay let's make that happen let's just you know if the olympics happens i still probably think it's not going to but if if they were to happen i want you to be standing on the platform and hanging those medals around your own neck and they better be gold i see where the border patrol seized more than four million dollars in puerto rican cocaine Big bust there. And then tied into that, where tens of thousands of people have died from drug overdoses in 2020, the CDC estimated yesterday, as a matter of fact, more than 93,000 people in the U.S. died from drug overdoses last year, which is a record. Nearly a 30% increase from the previous year. Experts say fentanyl, power, you know the powerful synthetic opioid was reportedly behind 60% of last year's overdoses but cocaine and meth also played a role i thought what happened to uh what happened to the other opioids did, was are they did they just disappear cuz we're making com- we're making companies not make it here in the united states but were the were those companies making cocaine and meth no were they making the fentanyl that we're busting coming across the border no They, oh, that's right. They were selling the painkillers that you hate so much. Not that stuff, though. They weren't selling that stuff. (sighs) So I know that they blame joblessness and homelessness on the rise and the stress and the trauma with the businesses shut down and the extended uh, to treatment centers and other mental health resources that were all went all the way. But after being a scourge on the East Coast, according to this article, fentanyl, uh, an illegal drug that's 50 times as powerful as heroin, spread to the West. Well, really, fentanyl isn't illegal. It's just being... It's illegally used without a prescription, and it's also being made illegally. Anyway, I don't, don't want to have to bog you down with facts. Plus, the best prevention for COVID-19 is isolation, which... I don't think that bodes too well for uh, drug users as long as you can get your drugs. Uh, isolation is a good thing if you're, if you're busy doing drugs. Just a thought from me. <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of uh, puts people at a pretty high risk. Uh, a, I mean, even the manager of the overdose prevention program, the DOPE Project, Kristen Marshall, agrees with that. And the U.S. has been struggling with this opioid crisis, you know I get it long before the pandemic hit were they uh yeah they were in fact we've shut down businesses and stopped them from making painkillers because people are dying from meth and cocaine i i don't 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 even don't even get me started and you know what i want to leave you with with cuba uh we need we better help cuba somehow some way i don't know what we can do I don't know what needs to be done a hundred percent, but something needs to be done. Um, while we're not doing anything and I know that, uh, you know, um, we're fighting against some of our, uh, our democratic people in power in Washington, DC that don't know what the hell they're talking about. And I know that, uh, you know, a president, uh, our president better be for freedom. And better help these people out. We already have people in Florida running uh, supplies to Cubans who are fighting for freedom, and it's be it's you know they're doubling their efforts, if not tripling their efforts, bringing them food, water, and medicine. But let's keep the internet up, and let's g- let the Cuban people know that the communist regime needs to fall, and we are behind them one hundred percent. Because if this administration can't get get behind this country of Cuba, the people of Cuba, with the least, the least amount of support would be saying, we support free and open elections in your country to make the communist party or regime fall. Uh, That's a sad state of affairs. And it better not happen, President Biden. I mean, we already know that the Cuban government is bringing in military help from other regimes. I don't know, like Venezuela. Uh, That was just reported today, though. So I'm sure our president doesn't have any inside information on that. So please, at least if 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 the best thing that you could do is say a prayer for the Cuban people, then say your prayer. But absolutely. Let's hope and pray that this administration comes to their senses and gets behind the Cuban people and at least, the very least, demand, demand an open and fair election. And, you know, that's it. Have a great weekend. I didn't even get to the Subway sandwich company. That's pissed that everybody's going after their tuna sandwiches that don't that aren't made of tuna. So they launched their own website, <laughs> SubwayTunaFacts.com. They'll be they won't have it. They won't have you bad mouthing their tuna sandwiches. Okay, the myth. The New York Times reported Subway's premium fan favorite tuna wasn't actually tuna. Truth, not true. And it goes on. And they will not have you bad mouthing the Subway. Tuna, real tuna sandwich. So if you want a tuna sandwich this weekend, just know that Subway tuna is real. At least that's what the SubwayTunaFacts.com says. I mean, I guess you can decide for yourself. I'm not going to, but you should. <laughs>